Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630 20 Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by the 18 Birdies app, the best golf app in the business, without a doubt. This is the Honda Classic from PGA National, the first event of the Florida Swing. Let's get to it. What's up, golf addicts? Thank you for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by 18 Birdies. Listen, 18 Birdies gives you everything you want in a golf app. GPS tracking, stat tracking, a social feed very similar to that of Instagram with tons of great tour pros on there giving you content every single day. 18 Birdies app, the most downloaded golf app in the App Store, even more so than the PGA Tour app and the Masters app. So check it out if you've not downloaded it already. Hook it up. But we are back for another week on the PGA Tour, this time to kick off the Florida Swing the Honda Classic from PGA National. We're excited about this one. Pat and I break down the field. We give you our key stats. We've got some caddy inside info for this week. You do not want to miss that. We're going to talk a little bit more game theory here. We're going to give you some definitions to a few key terms if you're just getting started. Also, you need to get used to this because it happens frequently. Pat mispronounces a couple of words. Speech starts getting slurred there towards the end. It's a fun one. We hope you guys enjoy it. We enjoyed making it. We're going to recap Bubba's victory at the Genesis and talk about potential Masters implications as well. So, it's a good podcast. It's jam-packed, and as always, we appreciate you downloading. Don't forget to leave an iTunes review. If you get a chance, we're still doing our $250 Masters Pro Shop Contest if you leave an iTunes review between now and Masters. Enjoy the podcast. Let's get it started. What's up, everybody? David Barnett of the Tour Junkies. I got my boy, Pat Perry. This is the Honda Classic. We are we are back on the East Coast. No more West Coast. We're waking up on Thursday morning over here on the eastern side of the U.S. now. Bright and early, we're going to rub the wax out of our eyes. We're going to you know, kiss our wife or spouse or significant other with our nasty dragon breath. We're going to roll over. We're going to pick up our phone. We're going to look at our screens. We're going to see ownership. We're going to see that last-minute withdrawal that's going to piss us off. We're going to want to throw our phones. But it's a, it's a, it's a new day in the PGA Tour season as now we are in Florida. We've got a few more events, and it just means we are that much closer to the best week in April, the best week of the year, the Masters. So before we get into the Honda Classic, though, Pat, uh, let's recap. The Genesis Open. Any thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Genesis? Well, the first thought that comes to mind, and you know this is probably going to come up, but it's it's course history. I mean, you look at Bubba. He he comes through after we just haven't seen much out of him over the last few years, or really last year, because he was playing with a putt putt ball, uh, right. and he got he got rid of that, and then he got on a course that he's familiar with, one of those courses that you can just sort of see the shots. You can shape your shots. That's what he does the best. And lo and behold, he's back in the winner's circle. And, you know, he's with, in good company here at Riviera. You look at 
I heard this on the broadcast. There's only two other players ever who, who've won three times at Riviera, and that's Ben Hogan and Arnold Palmer. That is pretty just special company for Bubba. Now, you know, he did say that he was going to retire if he ever got to 10 wins. Obviously, that's not going to happen. I don't think he's retiring today. But it's a significant accomplishment. And, and you know, you and I are both Bubba fans. You know, he's misunderstood, I believe. I think that there's, you know, in, in the last few years, he's said things and done things that kind of can be a little bit polarizing. But but I think Bubba, I like how he plays. I love that he's never had a lesson that he just he's just all about his feel and, you know, just what he sees in his mind. I, I think that's special. So I am a big fan of Bubba winning this week. And you know what? You might not have heard the last of him this year, especially coming up in a few weeks here at the Masters. So it was a good tournament. You know, we had a guy like DJ who was extremely popular going into the week and and should have been. I mean, obviously has great course history here as well and just kind of, you know, crapped the bed on Thursday. But then he grinded it out and even got in contention on Saturday, which which I thought was pretty impressive. These guys every week show me how freaking good they are and how focused they are because you could easily see a guy like DJ after what he did on Thursday, just totally just exit the tournament trunk slam, and, and he just grinded it out. So it was a good tournament. I, I love Riviera, love the course, and um, so yeah, there you go. It's a beautiful course. It's a nice course to watch on TV for sure. Now, the Bubba thing you alluded to, here's the deal, and we tweeted about this, but you know, you look at his performance on a few different courses in his career, Riviera, Augusta National, um, I tweeted this on Saturday. He was still 50 to 55 to 1 um, a lot of places on Saturday. I looked again this morning, Monday morning, after having won. Now, I don't know what it's going to be at the time of, of you listening to this, but even Monday morning after he won, over, uh, over, on, over on our little friends, mybookie.ag, he was 55 to 1 to win the Masters, which I think is quite a nice, uh, that's, that's good odds. I mean, we had Tiger at 16-1 to 1 in December after he played in the Hero. And, and, and to me, a, a Bubba Watson healthy again, sans putt-putt ball, in good form, kind of rejuvenated, 55-1, to 50-1 to 1 at the Masters is a number I'm willing to take. If you don't have an account, Tour Junkies is your promo code at mybookie.ag. You get a little 50% deposit bonus. That's just a free tip. That's a free tip there. Free tip. Free tip. So, I, yeah, I, I think that's. I think it's interesting to see Bubba back in the mix. Yeah, Tiger missing the cut. The twist face was twisting him all over the place. <laughs> he cannot hit a fairway. Uh, that's the thing. Like, his putting and chipping really, really, really looks good. And, and I think the iron play isn't bad either. But off the tee, he is a train wreck. But I love... I love the fact that on Friday late, it was last minute, but on Friday late, he committed to this tournament this week, and we have him for the Honda Classic. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, back-to-back Tiger Weeks, and I think that was a good play by him. I, you know, he said, I need more tournament golf. I need more tournament experience. He, he's not just going to go back to the range, you know, after the miscut on Friday. He's not just going to go back and beat balls. He needs to be in a tournament. He needs to be on the tee box with, you know, patron-lined fairways, uh, you know, and, and, and hit the ball in the fairway. 
And, and I think that's good. Now, this is going to be a heck of a test for him because PGA National is a place that you got to hit fairways. And if you don't, you're in some thick Bermuda rough or you're in the agua. Yeah. And I, I got a feeling Tiger, Tiger's either going to – now, now it's, it also gives him an opportunity to club down on a lot of holes, which we'll talk uh, about later. Yeah. But he he's gonna yeah this could be an interesting week for him. Well, you um, know, and Rory said after the you know they they interviewed Rory after he played with him the first couple of days, he said that you know he's still kind of figuring it out as far as the driver's concerned. I mean, obviously he's all over the place, but even just the actual club, the actual driver that he's playing with, there's all kinds of different things that he can do with that. So I, I'm, you know, the fact that his short game and his putting is is where it's where it is right now if he gets a hold of the driver i I mean we're gonna see him contend and sooner than later yeah yeah i was on the uh i I did a little spot on xm today on the vison network the vegas sports and information network and they asked me those guys asked me about the tiger outlook for the year and they they wanted to know if i thought he would contend again and i said exactly what you said if he can get that, if he can get the driver under control, he already looks like he could contend right now if that were the case. I'm not saying he's going to set the world on fire and he's going to win multiple times this year or maybe even contend in the majors, but I think he can go and, and contend and possibly win if he can get that figured out. So, But I'm just going to have the wait-and-see approach in terms of where I put my money, that's for sure. Um, in, other, in other Genesis recap, our weekly email from our boy Ben, the Chalk Bomb email, uh, it, it hit. It actually it hit this week. The chalk bomb of the week was Thomas Peters. He was well over twenty percent owned. I think he even averaged twenty four to twenty five percent. I think he finished t sixty eighth or something. It was some number. Did not score very many birdies. And the whole point was, you look back at his performance last year at Riviera, where he finished second. He was putting lights out, and that is not normal for Thomas Peters. He's not. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. Uh, you know he's not going to putt that great every week. That's just not what he does. That's not, he's not an Adam Hadwin. He's not, you know, Luke Donald. He's, that's just not his game. He's going to overpower the course. And we looked at that last week and Ben dove deep into the data. And basically we called him out as the chalk bomb and he totally bombed. Hope you guys caught that. And there were some other great facts in that email as well. That's coming back out again. Hey, listen, I just, I'm telling you guys, we are, we have been inundated with this whole email thing. <laughs> um, it, 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 we will be honest, it was a little bigger than we thought it was going to be as far as response, and we weren't really ready for it. We're, we're not really experts in MailChimp, and, um, and of course, Pat's completely useless, so it's really just me and Ben trying to figure it whoa, out. Whoa, whoa, wait a second now. Now, I have been very responsive on this whole email thing. You have to admit. You, you've been okay. You have you've to been admit. Okay. Yeah, you've been okay on Twitter the night of. No, 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 I, no. I've done more than that. Yeah, a couple emails here and there. Here's the thing, like we we always pride ourselves on responding to every email. If you guys emailed us through the contact form and basically you were just saying I want in on the weekly email and we didn't respond, please forgive us. We appreciate you all. A lot of you guys have said, "Hey, love what you guys do. Appreciate the hard work." You know, I I want in on the email. Much love. Like we appreciate that. Normally, we would be responding to you, each of you individually, and saying thank you, thank you for listening, blah blah blah. But we have literally been inundated with uh, you know a lot of emails, and we do not have time to respond to all of them. We're doing the best we can just to get you all on the list, and that is also proving difficult. So, uh, if you still have not reached out and you want on that email list it is completely free it's not full of a bunch of garbage it's good stuff it's good content that comes out late on wednesday after we've done some more deep dive we have a better sense of ownership 
If you want on that email, go to tourjunkies.com, click on the Contact Us page and fill out the contact form. And in the body, you can just say weekly email, hook it up, and that's it. And we will get you in. That's all you have to do. So, uh, But it was a good email this week. Our picks weren't bad either, Pat. We, uh, we picked 29 golfers. We only had eight miss the cut by my count. We had five in the top 10 and 10 in the top 25. Would have liked to have seen those numbers a little bit higher. But uh, we did avoid some of the guys that, that um, were a little chalkier, that didn't, didn't score as well. So uh, all in all, it was a better week. I had a better week. You know, we talked last week about trusting the process. I had a better week in GPPs. I, again, loved my leverage position um, on Thursday when lineups locked, and I got to kind of see where we were at. Uh, I had a lot of Patrick Cantlay. I, I could have had a great week had Cantlay closed it out. But I had a lot of Patrick Cantlay, uh, and he was surprisingly low-owned. And um, But I just had zero Bubba. I really didn't. I don't even know why, but I just didn't go Bubba. Uh, so but we had a better week and we know some of you guys did too please feel free to tweet that out and let us know when you when you pop and those green screens uh those green screens hit you know i wish the trust the process whole deal was was a little more like you know it's kind of like trust the theory is what i feel like because you know if if i have a process so here's a process if i drink Eight beers, I know I'm going to get a buzz. That's a that's a process. I know it's going to happen. Why why can't this process be like that? Because it's not. <laughs> it's not a. It's, it's not a the, an exact it's trust science, the theory. Sure. I think maybe maybe not trust yeah. the process. But anyway, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, and going back to that, like if you guys missed that talk last week, you should check it out to the beginning of of the Genesis Open podcast where we talk about trusting the process and picking golfers and you know making money on DraftKings and DFS and fantasy draft and all that stuff. And, you know, another thing that I thought about even this week was when you have when your when your ownership is well leveraged and you have, um, you know, you, you have guys that aren't as high owned that are popping, even if you don't have some lineups that are six of six. I had a couple lineups this week cash that were five of six. And I had a, I had and I knew some I saw some guys on Twitter that had six of six lineups that weren't cashing. And, and a lot of that is, again, when you have ownership leverage, even with five of six, you know, if you had a can't lay at 11 percent owned, you know, and you had four other, you know, solid golfers or you had Bubba, who was like what he was like sub he was sub 10, I think, mm-hmm. across most contests. You, you at least still have a chance. I mean, you go into the weekend, you have a chance if you're five of six on the weekend. And, you know, your average ownership is 15, 18%. You're not moving enough to ever make up that, that, that lack of having that sixth offer. It's just not happening. So it's just another reason why ownership really does matter. It really does matter if you're playing in GPPs and tournaments. Now, that leads me to another thing, Pat. We've had a lot of, had a lot of new listeners lately. It's a new season. Tiger's bringing a lot of new people into PGA DFS. So we've had a lot of people ask us about some terms that we're throwing out. And Pat, I want to ask you if you'll explain two terms, because we've had this question a few times on Twitter and email and stuff like that. Explain what we mean when we say GPP and explain what we mean when we say chalk or chalky. Well, GPP, we're talking about tournaments. So that is a a large field. Uh, Only the top, you know, 20% or so are getting paid out. And the payouts are much higher. So if you if you win a GPP or a tournament, um, you're going to cash big time. But it's extremely hard to do so. You got to be a little bit more as far as like you talk about with the ownership. You got to be um, you got to have guys that are lower owned that pop for you that week. So yeah, the tournament 
is GPP is just another word for tournament. So guaranteed prize pool, though, is the actual meaning of GPP. And what what that is saying is, let's just say you're playing in the uh, $500,000, $4, you know, or $500,000 max uh, or pool with a $4 max $20 entry. So, or max 20 entries. Good Lord. Golly, get it straight. <laughs> um and they're they're guaranteed that five hundred thousand. So no matter if it doesn't fill or whatever, they're still DraftKings is still going to pay that five hundred thousand out. So that is basically what that GPP means. Uh, and there are a ton of them on DraftKings or on Fantasy Draft. There there are a lot of them out there. Um, there's an eight dollar one out there on DraftKings. You got um, the Tour Card on Fantasy Draft, which we talk about a lot because we're talking about the Road to Augusta. So those are guaranteed prize pools. Now, the other one you asked about was chalk. Well, chalk is like, you know, I refer back to the NCAA tournament. When you're talking about chalk teams, those are the guys, like, let's just say, you know, in the top 64, the final four is Kansas, Duke, um, Kentucky, Kentucky, UNC, UNC or something. That's going to be your chalk plays. Everybody's going to be playing those guys. Their ownership is going to be high. You're not gaining a whole lot of leverage by playing them. Uh, so that that's what chalk means. Those are those are the guys that you're just you're just chalking in as they're gonna they're gonna win round after round. They're gonna be a guy like DJ last week was extreme chalk. We talked about Peters was chalky. We don't always know who's going to be chalky though until we check fan share uh, yeah. on Wednesday. That's that's kind of our biggest thing to figure it out. Now we know a guy like DJ may be chalky. That one we can figure out without having fan share. But a guy like Peters or there's a few this week that I think we're, we're going to want to see who's chalky. You know, Charles Howell is is pretty cheap this week. Um, you know, a guy like. You know, Patton Kazire is pretty cheap this week and has played is number one in the FedEx point standing. So we want to see where his ownership is. So that's that's what we're talking about when we, we talk about chalk. I did better on the chalk than I did on the GPP. <laughs> but, well, yeah, no, I think you explained both of them quite well. Very, very nice. Very good. So there you go. Um, all right, let's move on before we get to the course breakdown. We do want to clear up something else in terms of the road to Augusta. Another email and Twitter question we've been getting a lot is regarding the road to Augusta, which the road to Augusta is our contest facilitated by none other than Fantasy Draft. The second year in a row, Fantasy Draft has backed this contest. Along with Roto Grinders, it's an amazing contest. One lucky winner is going to be drawn the week before the Masters, and Fantasy Draft is going to pay for your airfare to Augusta, a two-night hotel stay, food and drinks, and then you're going to attend the, the you're going to attend round two of the Masters on Friday with myself, Pat, a member of Fantasy Draft. It's going to be a good time. You're going to walk the grounds with us, and we're going to hang out all day at the Masters. It's going to be amazing. It's a fantastic event. You can enter if you currently do not have a Fantasy Draft account. Here's what you do: go to Fantasy Draft, sign up for the new account in your promo code. Type in Tour Junkies RG, all one word: Tour Junkies RG. Or you can click on a link that we've tweeted from time to time. You can look for that. Uh, or you can always email us or DM us if you can't find it and you just want to use the link. We can hook you up. Now, here's the question we've been getting. How do I get in the contest and make sure I have entries if I've, if I've already got a Fantasy Draft account? So, if you signed up for Fantasy Draft through Tour Junkies or Roto Grinders in, in, in years past, okay, 
In years past, if you signed up either under Tour Junkies or Roto Grinders, you are eligible when you play PGA GPPs. Okay, you get five entries when you play the Tour card, and an entry for every other GPP you play. And you can multi—you can multi-entry. You can play every week, whatever. If you did not create your fantasy draft account under Tour Junkies or Roto Grinders, unfortunately, you cannot be entered. So that's that's how we know. That's how we know what's up. So we've had some questions about that. So I just want to clear that up. But we hope you guys are getting ready for that. I'm excited about it. We hope that whoever gets in is going to be cool because we really don't want a dork. We we just don't want a dork, and we don't <laughs> want a tool, and we we really we don't want to spend our day at the Masters with some dummy. So hopefully you guys are all like stepping up your game and you're ready to roll. We're gonna have a good time Friday at the Masters, and we're gonna go to dinner. It's gonna be a good time. And you have your pass. Please have you got to have your hall pass ready. We don't want to have it. Do this drawing. Five no repeat nights. of last year. Yeah. yeah, no repeat of last year. Two guys last year. One, both of them, their bosses wouldn't let them out of work. Don't understand. Just can't, can't, can't understand. All right, Pat. Let's. That's enough of that. Let's get into PGA National. Now we've got some caddy inside info. We've been trying to bring that to you every week. We've got some caddy inside info on PGA National this week that I know you're going to share as well. So give us your thoughts on the course, the caddy inside, all that kind of stuff. While you do that, I'm going to go refill. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Go get okay, you a pumpkin. Yeah. Go get you a refill. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take care of the listeners here. All right. So we are at the Honda Classic this week in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. PGA National, which is a par 70, just over 7,100 yards. Listen, folks, this course is freaking difficult. That's all I'm going to say. This is a tough course. It plays hard every single year. And one of the reasons for that is because you're going to see a lot of wind. That's something we're going to want to pay attention to, especially once tee times come out, because we want to check those waves as far as AM, PM, or PM, AM, and what we're going to want to do. Here's the thing with this course. you got extremely tight fairways. They're very tough to hit. The rough isn't all that bad, but there's a lot of water on this course, so you've got to hit the fairways. Driving accuracy is key. Um, you know, you're going to hear a lot of this week about the bear trap. That's holes 15 to 17. And you know what? It's not overplayed because if you look at the bear trap, those holes the last few years, 18% of bogeys, 33% of doubles, and 38% of triples or worse occur on those three holes. So you got to play those holes well. You got to hit the fairways. You got to hit the greens. Greens and regulation is another one that's big this week. You, you have to, you just cannot spray it all over the place just because of the water that's on this course. Um, you've got two gettable par fives, though. So there is an advantage to having some length on those par fives because you can score on those, and you're going to need that, uh, especially in these tough conditions. You also have five par fours that are 450 to 500 yards, so um, pretty long there. Um, as far as caddy knowledge, we were we were off on that last week, but we did get some this week. You know, what we hear, you've got Bermuda greens, so we're back to just sort of the normal no POA, things like that, and fairways. So that's going to be pretty pretty normal there. Um, you know, they're going to play pretty fast. Um, you know, you look at, I think, here's the thing. You know, some of the guys are going to have to club down on this course. You know, they're, they're not going to be able to just go bombs away with the way you've got to be accurate. But... Acquit. I'm sorry. I'm Acquit. sorry. Hold on. Did, did you just say? Did you just say accurate? I said. I think I said acquit. <laughs> accurate. 
Um, you must be real accurate. <laughs> you gotta be real play. accurate here. Um, but I do think you, you look at guys who play well in Bermuda, and that's what what our caddy told us. Uh, they definitely have an advantage. I think experience. Well, I say I think actually the caddy. Why are you saying I think? The people the, don't give a no, rip. What you they don't think care here. what this I is, think. The caddy says experience is a key this week, and the stats that our caddy said that were most important would be scrambling, strokes gained putting, driving accuracy. And driving then, accuracy. Driving accuracy. And then if if he was going to rate, crap, my screen just, uh, if he was going to rate form, course history, and the stats, he would put form at 60%, course history at 30%, and stats at 10%. Now, I want to talk about that because this is one week where I may weight course history a little bit less than I typically do because... This this course is random as all get out when it, you look at the last few years. There's a lot of guys who will miss a cut and then freaking play lights out the next year. So I don't know if – I mean, I, I think when I get down to the lower guys, I'm going to be more on course history. But I, I'm, I'm going to pay attention a little bit more to the stats, I think, and form especially. That is key, and that's what our caddy said. So I'm totally with him on that. For me, my stats are going to be total driving, ball striking. This is a ball strikers course. No if and buts about it. I mean, it, it just is it's totally ball striking. Uh, recent form, scrambling. I believe bogey avoidance is something you need to look at because this is, again, this is one of those courses where you just cannot have those blow up scores. And then greens and regulation, uh, I think, will also be key. So there you go. Now, I, I would add to that a few things, and I want to emphasize from our Caddy Insight. First of all, realize that the Caddy Insight you're getting is worth is nearly 20 years of combined Caddy experience that are answering these questions that we pose to them. We are basically translating their answers. So it's not some rookie Caddy out here that's never seen PGA National or only seen it a handful of times. And, and I thought he, one of them really stressed keeping irons flighted into the wind is key. That wind is definitely a factor, and ball strikers and guys who hit it pure and can flight the ball down makes a big difference. I thought that was interesting. Uh, they both said guys who play well in Bermuda have a big advantage. You know, you, you mentioned that, but they, they really stressed that. Now, they also both stressed experience definitely plays a factor. They like experience here. I went and did some research. As you know, I like to look at first-timers in the last few years, and it appears that in the last few years, first-timers at PGA National don't do that great. So it kind of backs up what the caddy said. About half of them either miss the cut or finish outside the top 60, which you don't want. So uh, there, there are some outliers, guys who finish top five, even top, you know, top 10, even top five. Um, but for the most part, half of them are either missing the cut or finishing outside the top 60 in terms of first-timers. Also, I thought what was interesting is, is they said, don't get too caught up in guys that live around here, which is interesting because you know you get to Florida and, and you start reading a lot of this and you hear a lot about it, like all the guys that live around here and all the guys that live in Florida and all the guys that live, you know, they'll be, they'll be the, that same narrative will run all the way through the Florida swing. There are just so many of them, though. I mean, every there, there's yeah, there's like so many of them. Yeah, there's so many of them. And if you read some of the some of the content that's out there, 
you realize that these guys may live out here, but they don't actually play the course very much. They, they don't play these courses a whole lot. Um, and, and then there's also the factor, and this is what I think our caddies were alluding to. There's the factor that when it is a home game, yes, it's nice in terms of like you get to sleep in your own bed and you're not, you know, you're, you're not traveling. At the same time, there's a lot of expectations that goes on a lot of some of these bigger names, you know, um, in terms of like entertaining family, entertaining friends. You know, that, the whole thing that goes into being at a home event, it, it can mess with some of these guys. So historically, you've seen some guys do well and some guys not do so well, even at a home event. So I thought that was really interesting. You know, it's it's going to be a theme for the year that our caddy friends are going to tell us that form is number one and overwhelming. I mean, the, you're, you're right that they rated form 60% of the solution this week and then course history 30 and stats 10. So it's definitely going to continue to be a factor. I, I'm obviously outside of looking at form and course history. I'm looking at um, strokes gained putting on Bermuda. I think now that we're back on Bermuda surfaces, I don't really care as much if they're local. It's just, are they Florida guys? Are they guys who are more comfortable on Bermuda? Because that's a thing, just like we just witnessed uh, with POA on the West Coast Swing. So I'm looking at that. I'm looking at driving accuracy, or uh, as, as our boys at Fantasy National like to, to call it, fairways gained is a different stat. So I'm looking at fairways gained. I'm looking at uh, strokes gained around the green, so scrambling, basically. And I'm looking at that recently, both in the last 12 rounds, but also overall over the last 100 rounds to give me a long-term view and a short-term view. Uh, But obviously, I think form, course history, and then ownership leverage, especially in tournaments, is going to be key. So that tees it up, and that gets us ready for... Uh, let's get into the picks, Pat. Let's let's go ahead and rock and roll this. Well, you know what? You know, I, I, we we do talk like to throw out past champs. I think we need to throw okay. out that real mm-hmm. quick. So we had Ricky Fowler last year, Adam Scott in 2016, Padraig Harrington in 2015, 2014. You had Russell Henley, and then Michael Thompson. I know one of your favorites in 2013, and then Rory before that in 2012. So yikes. There you go. Yeah, so defending champ Ricky Fowler priced at the top of DraftKings at 11.7, followed by Rory, Justin Thomas, Sergio making his first appearance on the PGA Tour rotation in 2018, and then Alex Noren, who's been uh, hanging out here for a few weeks. So that is your 10K and above range. I'll go ahead and start here, P. Um, I love some Sergio Garcia. Love Sergio. This he's, very love a- it. he's very accurate. He's very accurate. Um, I, the guy, you, t- you know, we said ball striker, check. We said plays well in the wind, check. Um, likes the golf course. He's gained, uh, Sergio has gained 31 strokes in the last five years at PGA National. By the way, if you haven't been paying attention, he's also lit it up on the European Tour since October. So don't think that just because you don't really see a whole lot of PGA Tour recent history or whatever uh, that that Sergio's not playing well. He's yeah. he's actually been playing quite well. He won in October and then a plenty of top tens and twenty fives and stuff like that. So uh, I think this is a great week for Sergio, especially in the wind. Um, I think I saw something on Twitter today, and I can't remember who. Tw- I think it might have been Josh Culp tweeted that on average in the last five or so years, the 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 average wind has not been below ten miles an hour at, at any point at PGA National, and it can obviously stay consistently around 15 to 20 and gust more than that. I think Sergio gives you plenty of win equity. 
and made cut equity no matter what happens. Whether the wind is calmer or it picks up, I think it's a great buy, and 10.5 is an absolute steal. Um, so I love some Sergio. I also really like Alex Norin. Um, he's been playing pretty well. He's gained 25 strokes total in his last six events. Now, he is a first-timer here, but I don't, I, I'm don't. i going to play him as a first-timer here. Being a Euro, he's good in the wind, another ball striker. He checks the box in fairways gained in his last 12 tournaments, so he's been hitting fairways as well, and he's scoring. So at 10-1, I do like a little Norin. I, I, other than that, like I, I feel like this week pricing is very similar to last week. Last week it was like, yep, I like DJ. D- it's it's Riviera. You play DJ at Riviera. If you want to do it, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm probably not going to play a lot of him. I like to start at Paul Casey, which thank God he made that 20-foot uh, birdie putt on the 36th hole on Friday. Um, but uh, my strategy a lot last week was I'm either going to start at Paul, at Paul Casey or I'm actually going to go below that and do just load up on 9, 8K, and high 7K guys because I wasn't crazy about the 6K price range, and I feel the same way this week. I like Ricky Fowler. I think Fowler plays great on courses where you know you, you have to club down some on the tee. He's obviously played really well here. He's gained 39 strokes total in the last five years at PGA National. However, um, I, I just think like last year, or like last week, I, I like starting at that 10-5 range and starting below even that in some lineups. Uh, so Sergio and Norin are the guys I will have the most of. When you take driver out of the hand of Rory and Justin Thomas, which this course will do somewhat, not saying they're not going to hit driver at all, but there are some holes where it will take it out of their hand. You know, I, I just don't, I, I don't think they have the advantage. So I'm willing to fade the second, third highest price guy. That's just my play. Do we have complete agreement like we did last week? Well, I, I will say this. I, I think. I am in agreement with you as far as pricing is concerned. It is just, it's it's like a mirror image of what we had last week. Ricky, you know, I'm okay with playing him. Here's the thing when you're looking at this. If you're looking at like the last five or six years, and this is what I was talking about with course history. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, you look at Rory, he, he didn't play last year. He missed a cut in 2016 and 2015. He was T2. And 14, he withdrew in 2013 and then won the year before that. So that's, I mean, like you can't, I just feel like these top guys, especially course history, you just got to throw out the window. Justin Thomas is another example. Missed the cut last year, finished third in 2016, then missed the cut before that. So, I mean, I just, I'm throwing that out the window. And, And now I will say this, Sergio is my favorite play here. And he does fit the bill when it comes to course history because he was T14 last year, second in 2016, 31st in, in 15, and then in the top 10 in 2014. As you said, has gained 31 strokes on the field. So I have a hard time. I think Sergio is a great cash play. I, I'm not so sure he's going to be there at the ownership that I want him to be on, on a GPP. Alex Noren, I do agree with. Now, I'm going to call you out here. You said he's never played here. He actually missed the cut here in 2013, so he hasn't played ah, here. Ah, hasn't played. Yeah, okay, gotcha. So it's, it's been a little bit of... No, thanks for correcting it's, me. It's been a minute, but yeah, he hasn't really player. played here, So and he's a total different player now. So I do like Alex Noren, but I'm totally with you. I think you can fade almost this entire group over, over 10K. But he, here's the guy that I, I think is going to be interesting. Hold, and, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's the deal with that statement. You, 
And I agree. However, I would argue that in GPP, so in tournaments, when you're really trying to gain ownership leverage, you can, I, I, you can make that statement every single week. Every single week, you can fade the top four or five guys and start your lineups after that and have some leverage. That is 100% true every week. So th- there are some weeks where I feel like we'll feel more comfortable doing that than others. But that is true every single week, you know. I wasn't. Um, I, see, I wasn't done yet, though. Oh, okay, okay, my bad. So you're jumping okay. in ahead of Go where ahead. I, where Go I was ahead, going bud. with this. That being said, if I am going to play a guy, especially in a GPP, a guy who hasn't shown the greatest results, but I do think is in decent form, and I do think can win this week, and that's Rory, coming off two straight miscuts here. But a course that he's won on before, a course you said that, yeah, the driver, you take the driver out of his hands and whatever else. I still think if I'm going to play a guy in a GPP and feel good about the ownership I'm going to get, it's going to be Rory. And you know what? Justin Thomas is not close. He, he's very close behind him, but I think I'll go Rory over JT. But I think this is one of those weeks where you can get a little bit of uh, – a little bit of leverage with 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 playing some of these 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 top guys just based off of their terrible course history over the last few years or their inconsistent course history or their recent form which isn't fantastic well we saw that last week i had i had some i ended up to, uh at the latter part of the week when checking fansharesports.com on the ownership i ended up with a little more speeth than i would have thought and i could not believe it but i'm pretty sure for the first time since i've been playing dfs in 2015 on DraftKings, speeth was below 10 percent owned in a lot of contests that i had which was absolutely nuts to see i it thought was it was crazy. a miscalculation on yeah. thursday so i do think that can happen i don't think that happens with rory this week i still think rory's upwards of 15 to 20 percent um but yeah anyway all right so 9k range i'm gonna have you start off the 9k you got four guys or no let's see you want to five guys in the 9k range who you like there well you know i'm actually not a, a huge fan here of this range but if i'm gonna start off with my favorite play it's actually at the bottom with Russell Knox at 9,000. I think he is, you know, we talk about him. He's a good win player, great ball striker, checks the box there, scrambling, also total driving. Um, you know, he's he's number one. You mentioned good drives gained when you were talking about stats. He is number one in the field. When I look at just the last, like, 24 events or so, uh, or 24 rounds, he's number one in that stat category. He's gained 21 strokes on the field here. He's also number one in greens and regulation. So I think that Russell Knox is just, I, I love him. And you, you look at, now he did miss a cut last year. But before that, and we there, all these guys have missed a the cut. There's Nobody's showing much consistency as far as, this tournament's yeah. concerned. So I, I don't I don't mind. I'll throw that out the window. But you look at it before that, a T26 in 2016, third and 15, and a second in 2014. Russell Knox is a great play, and I'm not afraid of him at that 9,000. I think there's a reason for that, and I'll play it. I think he may even be a little bit lower owned because he's at 9,000. There's a lot of people are going to look at it and say, Russell Knox, why the hell is he sitting here at 9,000? I think there's a good reason for that. The other guy that I'll throw out there at the very top is is our guy Gary Woodland. I don't see how you can avoid playing him with just the way he's played lately. 
ball striking. He's he's not making any bogeys. He's he's checks the box in total driving. Is obviously in great recent form. So I, I'm kind of like you know with both those. I'm just like at the top and the bottom here. I, I think Woodland and Knox are going to be my two favorite plays. Well, I, interesting you say both of those guys. I'll start with Woodland. Our friends over at FanshareSports.com have already emailed us today and said that Woodland is trending early to be chalky. So, you know, there, there's a little heads up there, and, and we'll see what happens come Wednesday night. Uh, he, does seem to, he does seem to be, you know, a decent fit. Uh, he, had, he, hadn't, he hadn't done great, but he has gained 31 strokes in his last six events. He's just been playing so good this year. He's another guy who clubs down off the tee very well. Um, he's not, he's not a, he is a bomber, but he's not a bomber that has to have driver in his hand all the time. Uh, he's had a little rest here in the last week or so. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I think FanshareSports.com, checking that on Wednesday. And listen, that's where we go every Wednesday night before we start building lineups. If you need a subscription, you need to head over to FanshareSports.com and do that. It's like 9 bucks a month. Go ahead and lock that in. Get your sub. Go to Fanshare Pro. Look that up. You can read Logan's blog, Taking the Pulse, comes out every Tuesday. He talks about who's getting chatted up, who he thinks the most popular stacks are going to be, and they're normally pretty freaking accurate. So uh, accurate, actually, they're they're pretty <laughs> accurate. Uh, I think I think this I think it's going to be a really interesting range because. So then let me hit on Russell Knox. For all the reasons you mentioned, the, the, the Scott plays well in the wind, right? And I remember last year he was uber chalk. He was such he was. the chalk. He was, and he but missed he missed a cut. cut. And he pissed yeah. off a lot of people. I'm okay with that, though. I'll take that. I hope but people like, have look at, that memory. Look at some of the tournaments he's played really well at so far in 2018. or In this season, even. In November, OHL Mayakoba on the coast with some wind in Mexico, tied for ninth. Uh, January at the Sony Open. Obviously in Hawaii, wind, tied for 10th. Uh, career builder, farmer's insurance, a little bit of wind in Cali, tied for 29th in both course. of those events. Missed the cut at waste management, no wind. Okay, Comes back to Pebble the very next week with plenty of wind, tied for 15th. He is a good wind player, I think, uh, and obviously he's accurate. He checks the box for me, too, in terms of accuracy, both in the last 12 rounds and in a long term over the last 100 rounds. He's, he's doing it all. Uh, he's gained 25 strokes in his last six events, 22 in the last five attempts here. So he does check every single box. Now, I feel like come Wednesday, he could be a candidate as we dig deeper. Oh, he you're going to be a chalk. candidate. You're going to talk chalk the, bomb, aren't you? He could be a candidate for the chalk bomb only because. I, I just, and we'll see. Like, we haven't talked to our boy Ben yet. He does all the deep dive on this, but. I, I'm not crazy about I'm not crazy about a twenty percent plus nine thousand dollar Russell Knox. Give me a twenty percent plus eight thousand dollar or seventy eight hundred dollar Russell Knox, and I'll eat it. I'll eat the chalk. But a nine thousand dollar twenty plus percent owned Russell Knox is a little interesting in terms of theory and what you do here. But see, that's um, what I think. That's why I actually love what DraftKings did with his price. Actually, I like that that they put him at nine thousand because that's going to make you question. You're sitting there thinking Russell Knox nine thousand. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. Well, uh, my favorite play, my favorite play in this range is yet to be named, and that's Tommy Fleetwood coming oh, off a, a little. That's a, coming that's off a, going out there. <laughs> a, well, I'm saying you, I mean I'm, you haven't named him. I'm just saying like it's a it's a 
he he was pretty high owned last week. He probably disappointed some folks with a T thirty seven. I mean, at ninety five hundred dollars on DraftKings, you want a little more than a T thirty seven out of a guy who's twenty plus percent owned. I'm with and, you. I'm with. You. I'm okay. But he is a fantastic win player, and and I don't. And again, I don't care if he's chalky. So I'll eat that chalk because he's a higher caliber player to me than Russell Knox. So if I got to pick one of those two, even with Russell Knox's history here. And a, and a $400 price break. I'm going Tommy Fleetwood all day. He checks the box and fairways gained in the last 12. We know he's a ball striker. We know he can play in the wind. We know he can score. Um, so I, I'm, I'm all in on Fleetwood. That's kind of my guy. The rest of this range, the only range I'm not crazy about, the only guy in here I'm not crazy about is Terrell Hatton, who played really well here last year, but in, is quoted as saying how much he hates Bermuda rough and chipping out of it and putting on it. He hates it. And he's a f- pretty volatile dude. Like he's volatile on the golf course. He's also volatile like mentally. If yeah, you follow him on any, Twitter, I don't want any part of that. Like I love the dude. I would love for him to come on our show one day. Like he's f- freaking hilarious on Twitter. And by but, the way, I want to fade Patrick Reed this week. That means that listeners out there just just play him. Play <laughs> Patrick Reed. Play him. Yeah. You're, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna win some money if you play Patrick Reed. But I'm not having any of them. That means play him. Well, when you talk about scrambling, you know, he's got a decent history here. He's got a decent history here. You know, I don't know. So really in this 9K range, which is a pretty, we got pretty chatty here with this range. I think the only guy I'm absolutely against playing is Terrell Hatton. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm with you. I'm not saying the rest of these guys are going to make it into my final 16, 17, 18 guys, but that's the only guy. So very, very uh, interesting debate in theory there in the 9k range all right let's get to the 8k range there's a few guys here um i tell you man i think it's gonna be really hard oh it's gonna be really hard for me to avoid daniel berger oh he killed me last week he killed me i I had a fair amount of burger last week i thought he was gonna do it he was in fantastic form I find it hard to believe he misses a cut two weeks in a row. And listen, he didn't just miss the cut last week. He freaking sucked. He shot a nine over. He made three birdies in 36 holes. And and he wasn't making huge numbers. He didn't have any doubles, but he just wasn't making birdies. Um, But I I know that there's ownership leverage coming. You take him back to his, you know, now he's a local. You know, he's definitely got the local narrative going. He's gained nine strokes in his attempts here at PGA National. And I, I just think if you give me a Daniel Berger coming off a miscut where some people had him over 15, 20, near 20%, I, I, it's going to be hard for me to not have Berger. Um, I like Berger here. I also like Jason Duffner, who checks the box in fairways gained. He's a ball striker, another one of those good win players, solid, accurate off the tee kind of guys. I like him. I like a couple others in here, but I'm gonna let you let you go, and then we'll fill in. Well, um, I don't really have anything else because you just mentioned the two guys, the only two guys that I like here. Really, that's and, it, and that's that's Duff and uh, and Berger. I, th- I think, uh, and especially Duff. I, I think you know you look at here's a guy. We talk about people who miss cuts here, like just. It's just so inconsistent. Well, he's, you look at the last few years, he just has not missed cuts. So I like Duff. I think, you know, he checks the box on ball striking, driving accuracy, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm totally with Duff. And there, other than that, there's not a whole lot of guys that I like. I mean, 
I'm shocked by that. I think actually. that Ollie is gonna is gonna end up popping for some people and 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 maybe Kiz a little bit, but I just I can't I can't play Kiz. So there you go. I'm not playing Tiger at 8200. I think that's ridiculous. You know, Tiger needs to be in the low sevens. He needs now, to be he needs to be right near his boy. You know, Charles Howe and Tiger need to be right there at 7300. So there you go. That's yeah. I, that's all I'm, I got because I love the seven K range. I think there's a ton of guys there. I really don't have much here in this 8K range. Well, it sounds like the 8K range is really where fan share is going to come in handy on Wednesday night because I do think there's a lot of good names here. There's a lot of good names. And I can't make a whole lot of valid reasons on fading a lot of them. I mean, I can on Tiger. The the accuracy off the tee just concerns me at this golf course. Now, again, I, I said in the intro he can club down on some holes, which wait, might work, work wait, out. Let me. I will throw one guy out. I'm going to interrupt you. Okay, because I don't want you to throw this guy out before I I I put him I plug him, but I do think Scott Stallings at eight thousand is a very good play. Checks the box on recent form. You look at his last three events; he's finished fourth, he's se- great seventh, form. and twenty third. Ball striking, his he's he's scoring. Also checks the box on birdie or better percentage. So I think I think Stallings is another guy that's in play for me this week at eight thousand. He's not played too well at PGA National. But um, I, I'm throwing that out. I'm okay with it. But but yeah, he's definitely in. He's definitely in good form. Um, I, I like a lot of this range. I really do. So I, I just think it's going to come down. To, if you're playing GPPs, I think it's going to come down to ownership leverage. If you're playing cash lineups, you know, uh, I mean, I don't. If you're playing cash, like you basically should stay. You should live in the seventy-seven hundred to nine thousand dollar range and that's it like I, I don't see how you avoid i mean there's just a lot of good names here um i'm shocked you weren't on snedeker our boy kisner does get Dwayne bach back this week his longtime caddy who went down with an injury at the hero is recovered from knee surgery and on his way back so that's good for old db um Ollie's an interesting play for me i did have him circled he's just such a good ball striker and a good wind player um, real, he's actually been scrambling nicely last uh, uh, last twelve rounds. He checks the box and strokes gained around the green, top twenty five in the field in that category. You get him back in the you know in the Bermuda ranks, which I think he's going to play a little better as a as a Georgia Tech grad um, coming off a missed cut. I, I kind of like the Ollie angle, um, but I mean you know guys like Webb Simpson have been super popular this year and and have, have flashed some form. Missed the cut of the waste management just by a stroke, I think, or maybe two uh, at the most. I think there's a lot in play here, honestly. It's kind of tough to narrow it down. Cabrera Bello has been playing great. I think Stallings is probably a fade for me. I, I just think I just think he didn't pop ac- from an accuracy standpoint. The $8,000 price tag might be a little steep. I, I'm just more inclined to go like Bello, Ollie, Duff, Berger. It's kind of my, my, kind of my favorites in that range. So... Okay. In the in the 7K range, we got a lot of guys here too, man. This is just a chock full range. You got some some euros. Uh, you know, you had Keimer too. I mean, Keimer's a ball striker. Likes the golf course too, right there at eight thousand. You know, didn't play fantastic last week. Um, not didn't score a lot either. But you know, he's a ball striker. If, if it's one of those courses where it's a bogey avoidance course, you know, Keimer's pretty steady. That's it, a thought. So again, I think just FanshareSports.com on Wednesday night to get an idea on some of these guys is going to be key. All right, why don't you start us off in the 7K range and tell me what you think. 
All right, so I'll, I will talk right at the top. I love some Louis Oosthuizen at 7,900. Checks the box for me on strokes gained off the tee. Ball striking, scrambling, bogey avoidance, and good drives gained, which you talked about as well. So I think Usti is a key play. Now, we have seen him like just withdraw out of nowhere sometimes, but <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, 7,900 yeah. to me is just... I, I I don't know. It, it just it, he may be higher owned, and I may look at him more in cash. But I, I just love that. I love Usti at seventy nine hundred. Also, Adam Scott. I think I'm going to play this week. Now Oof. you're probably going to hate that, Oof. but he's got the course <laughs> history. He's gained twenty eight strokes over the last few years playing this course. He is number one in the field. When I looked at the last, you know. 50 events or so or 50 rounds or so at greens and regulation so i think i think adam scott is in play he played a little better last week he's obviously going to get on a course that he's won before on he's not he's not a hack i mean the guy the guy can play no and and i think that his ownership is going to be just lower so for a tournament play i don't have a problem with 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 going with some adam scott this week well, I bet his ownership is higher than the two guys, right, one right above him and one right below him, who I like. I well, like Henley and I like Hadley. You think he's going to be higher owned than that? Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm totally with you on those guys, but I, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, just name, just name value. He finally made a cut last week yeah. and showed up a little bit. I think, I think he's going to be higher owned. Um, but I like Henley and I like Hadley, both in the $7,700 range. Um, both... I mean, Henley's gained almost 20 strokes here in the last five years. He's gained seven in the last six events. He's 19th in this field on strokes gained putting on Bermuda in the last hundred um, in, in the last hundred uh, tournaments or tournament rounds. Um, and Hadley's actually 38th in the field in that same category. He's on fire, gained 26 strokes in his last six events. So I like both of those guys in terms of just steady cut makers who could pop, who could score. Um, I also, one of my favorite plays this week, checks the box in fairways gained over the last 12, uh, 12 rounds, and he's gained seven strokes in his last six events. He likes the course, and that's Emiliano Grillo at 7,500. Whoa. I, I, I like a little Emiliano. <laughs> Emiliano Grillo! Yikes, yikes. All right, so that's seventy five hundred and above. I mean, I think there's some interesting plays here. You've got um, you've got old Affy Barnrat, who I'm just a huge fan of personally. Just the chain smoking mm-hmm. Thailand stud of a man. In fact, I, I, I'm not going to say this on here, but it, eventually it may come out. I actually learned a little dirt on Affy Barnrat this past week. I haven't even shared it with you, actually, Pat. Wow, from I a, didn't from a credible that. source. Credible source. He's an interesting guy. He's everything you want him to be. Is what is what I've learned. Um, so he's interesting. I don't mind the Louis play. I mean, Louis is a tremendous name value for seventy nine hundred dollars. You know, he can come up and win at any point. Like it's almost like if he decides to win, he's going to win. So I do think Louis is interesting there. I'm fading. You know, Keegan, Adam Scott. I know Dylan Fratelli's been on fire on the European tour. Bern Wiesberger has played here before, missed the cut, but to a couple good win players there. Um, so, you know, uh, those are just the, the Henley, Hadley, Grillo, 
Usti are kind of the guys I like the most um, in that category. What about below 7,500 for you? Anybody there? Well, there's several here. I mean, I think that you could look at my guy, Sam Saunders, at 7,100, I think. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You say my guy, and we had a tweet about this. The guy was like, oh, Pat's pick, Sam Saunders. But last week, rewind the tape. When you you said, I'm going to bring up a guy, and you said the the whole thing, and then you said, what are your thoughts? And my first statement was, well— I actually had him circled. I well, like some That's Sam all right, Saunders. though. I brought him up I first. I said that. I and brought him up like first. it was your freaking pick, but it's just because yeah. I said, all right, you go first. Well, sorry. That's what happens when you tell me to go first. All right, anyway. But here's the thing. I mean, he's, he's checking the box, recent form, ball striking, scrambling, DraftKings scoring is good. This is a guy that is, is just and, – and he's back here in Florida. Where is it's familiar with him, and you've got you know the Bermuda grass greens where he typically puts well on. He played well last week, just like we said. I wish he would have hit that first round leader bet, which was close. But I love some Sam Saunders this week. Again, I will I will throw him out there. Another guy that I do like is I think Patton Kazire. You know, here's the thing. Why is he so cheap still? Yeah, Patton's a great value. He's leading the FedEx point standings. He scores like no other. He's back here in the South and in in an area that he can score well, and he loves this course. So I think Patton Kazire is way too cheap this week at 7,300. So there you go. There's just two guys. Well, I got more than that. This this range is chock full. There there's, did, there are a lot of guys. You're right. I agree on both of those. I'm fine with both of those. But remember, I did say I'm not a fan of the 6K range. So th- I'm not going to go lower than a lot of these guys. But I do love some guys down here. I think you know it's hard to avoid Ryan Moore at 7,400, the way we just saw him play. He checks the box and strokes gained around the green in the last 12 events. He's gained seven shots in his last six events, and he's 24th in the field over the last 100 rounds in strokes gained putting on Bermuda. Uh, I love GMAC here. We just saw, again, GMAC play really well this past week. Um, uh, he's at 7,300, which I think is kind of ridiculous. He's gained 27 strokes in the last five years at this tournament. He's an Orlando native, or not Orlando native, but he lives in Orlando. We know he can play in the wind, being the Irishman. He's 14th in this field in strokes game putting on Bermuda in the last 100 rounds. 7,300 is stupid low for him. A couple of guys at 7,200. I love Ian Poulter. I love Chris Kirk. Both of those guys checking some boxes for me in terms of scrambling, both in the last 12 rounds and in the last 100 rounds, so long-term, short-term. Chris Kirk checks the box in fairways gained. Uh, Poulter lives in Orlando currently, so he's a local guy. He's gained wow, 16 I'm surprised strokes. you mentioned, mentioned Poulter. He was the, I like Poulter here, man. I do, too. I'm Coming with off the miscut at Waste Management, everybody saw him shank it in the stands and all that. Yeah, I think he's going to be— don't, don't worry about all that. He's going to be sub-5% owned. He's back on Bermuda Greens where he's, you know, where he's, where he's home. Um, he can play in the wind again. He's, he's like—I think it's a good combo when you get a Euro who grew up playing on the wind but now lives in Orlando and, like, can putt on Bermuda. You know, like that—that's what you get with Poulter at seventy-two hundred bucks. I, I just think that's a good deal. Now, Chris Kirk, um, you know, a Southern Georgia boy, more comfortable on Bermuda than he has been on the Poa. Gained twenty-two strokes in his last six events. I love the Chris Kirk play at seventy-two hundred. 
two more at 7,100. I like Billy Horschel. Gaining strokes on fairways gained. He's gained 12 strokes here in the last five years. Another Florida boy coming back to Bermuda. He's 32nd in the field in strokes gained putting on Bermuda in the last 100 rounds. I kind of think he's in play um, at 7,100 coming off of back-to-back miscuts in a GPP format. I would not play him in cash. And then finally, another local to Orlando. Finished 26th at the Genesis Open at $7,000. A little scary for me. GPP only. Honorban Lahiri, I kind of like, and I know he likes this golf course a fair amount. So uh, that's, that's a guy at 7K that I would roll with. Why do you throw out, like, the local guys Orlando? Because this is basically, like, halfway between I didn't mean them. to say or I didn't mean to say Orlando. I don't know why I said Orlando. Okay. I think because we just left Orlando. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, don't you, know because you that. were there for the, the, yeah, just get it straight. Like your yeah, sorry. Geography. My bad. My bad. But either way, I'm with you there. Um, I don't think I have anybody else here. Nick Watney. Yeah, eh, I don't know. You you leave the West Coast on Watney, but yeah, I, I don't. No, mind it. I like him though. Seventy two hundred. He's actually got pretty good course history. His recent form is not all that bad, so I think Watney. And I'm surprised you did, did not mention Ryan Palmer. He's got good course history. He's gained twenty four strokes yeah. on the field over the last few events here that he's played. Checks a box on strokes gained off the tee. Ball striking. I think Ryan Palmer, I'm going to be back on him this week at 7,300. Even though he, he was a little bit disappointing at the waste management, I'm okay with Ryan Palmer. All right, well, I'm going to, I got one more. I, there's so many in this race. At 7,100, a guy who just missed the cut, but before that had back-to-back top 10s, checks the box and strokes gained, scrambling around the green, both in the last 12 and in the last 100. He's gained 18 strokes in his last six events. Brian Gay, who also ranks third in strokes gained putting on Bermuda in this field. I think 7,100 for Brian Gay is interesting as well. Okay. All right. Um, in the 6K range, I don't have a ton. Um, do you have anybody off the top of your head? I mean, oddly enough, like Sabatini kind of popped for me. Oh, here's the thing with this range. I, I I literally don't have a ton that I like here. So what I did was I, I looked at, I think, for one, now where I'm not as high on course history in the top area, I looked a little bit in below the, the 7K range here at, at course history. And then driving accuracy, though, was the number one thing that I was looking at in the 6K range. That was it. I was looking at driving accuracy and then a little bit of course history. So one of those, I think, is Harold Varner III. On driving accuracy? He actually checks no. a box on driving accuracy. Yes, he does. I demand a recount on that. There's no way. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So you don't, you don't believe me, but he does. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think HV3, and I know he's also a bomber. Which makes some sense there as well. But so I liked him. I liked Fabian Gomez. Now he definitely checks a box on driving accuracy. Yeah, he's a short Mm -hmm. knocker. Stuart Sink at 6,700, I think is a good play. He's obviously back on the East Coast now. He's familiar with these Bermuda greens, Bermuda fairways, everything else. He's got pretty good course history. So I think Sink is a good play. 
Um, Sean O'Hare is somebody who popped a little bit for me. He's got great course history. His recent form is decent, not great. But at 6,800, I think he could be a good play. O'Hare is also 18th in the field in strokes gained putting on Bermuda in the last 100 rounds. He popped for me, too. Yeah, and then another guy that I do think could be a decent play is J.J. Henry. Yeah, uh, checks a box on driving Yikes. accuracy as well. So there you go. You have had a lot of wine if you're picking J.J. Henry. No, I mean we're talking. I will awful. say this. Let me let me clarify. I'm not a huge fan of the 6K range, but I'm just giving you some guys that I think could actually play well this week. That's yeah. that's that's under 7K. So there you go. Um, all right, I'm going to add two guys to what you said. I like the sink pick and the O'Hare. That's it. That's it. I'm going to add two guys. The first one, it's, they're both at 6,700. Blaine Barber has missed, uh, has not played well. He, he's not had a top 25 since he was back in the South, okay, at the RSM Classic in November. So struggled in the, uh, on the West Coast swing a little bit but has been quoted as liking this golf course, being comfortable on Bermuda. In fact, he's 17th in the field in strokes gained putting on Bermuda over the last 100 rounds, and he's gained eight strokes in his attempts here at PGA National. So I kind of like him as a low-owned scrub option. And finally, also at 6,700, a short knocker, accuracy type, you know, that's, that's basically it, who's had some top 20s, you know, had some top 20s and a win this young PGA season. That's Ryan Armour at 6,700. So just a couple low-owned scrub values there if you, if you are so inclined. Mm. Um, all right. Well, that wraps it up. Let's, let's do one and done. And let's um, – actually, let's do this before we do one and done. Uh, I want to do a little bit of cash talk just real quick. I want to I give some cash game staples. Like if I was going to give you a cash game core – this is who my core would be, all right? So I'm going to go with Tommy Fleetwood. I'm going to go Jason Duffner, okay? I'm going to go... Ah, uh, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, I'm actually just... I'm going to go... All right, I'm going to go Fleetwood, Duffner, Cabrera Bello, and Oosthuizen. That would be a cash core for me. That leaves two remaining players for you, the listener, to fill in. It gives you $8,000 each average, 16 total. That's how I would do some cash lineups. Anything to add there, Pat? Well, I think if I'm going to go cash, I think the two that I love, and I'm just going to get two guys, and that's going to be Sergio and Duff. I think that's two. Yeah, I don't mind that either. Yeah, You got you to like those guys in on cash. Yeah, don't mind that at all. Um all right, man, one and done. Free. I just I don't remember who you did last week. Who'd you do? I did Casey. I didn't. Uh, well, I did DJ, so I freaking wasted him on a top 16 finish, which is just awful. Oh, man, my one and done is just really, really bad. Um, what do you think, man? Do you do you do you have a, a strong sense of where you're going for your one and done? I'm going to go with this is one of those weeks where I just think it's so random. I don't think there you can be incredibly confident about any one single guy. So I'm going to go with Jason Duffner this week. Ah, 
I was kind of looking at Duff. I was kind of leaning towards Duff. I, I think you're right. Like with what you talked about in the opener, talking about some of the the wild years that the Honda has produced, it, it's tough to spend on a stud just in case you get another one of those. You know, it's like it's tough to spend on a Ricky or even a Sergio. No, I'm not. I'm not playing any of those top guys. I'm not wasting any of. Yeah, I'm not doing it. This this like this makes me nauseous, but I, it, I'm I'm sticking with this theme. If I'm if I'm not gonna have a lot of them in DFS, I'm I'm likely going with them in a one and done, which is kind of what I did with uh, with DJ last week. I'm gonna go Russell Knox as my one and done. I'm gonna try to. I think some people will be afraid to play Russell Knox in a one and done, so maybe I get a little edge there. I'm not hating on on you for yeah. that one. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd strongly consider Duffner too, and I don't know that there's one reason to pick one over the, over the other. So that's a very accurate pick. Oh, you are getting worse by the moment, my friend. <laughs> How many have you had? That's a very oh, accurate yeah. pick. That's a very accurate. Uh, I wonder how accurate you'd be in telling us how many bottles of wine you've had tonight, there, buddy. Nah, I'm good. Let's let's cut this off now before we. Get yeah. To- <laughs> let's cut it off right now. Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening. May your screens be green for the Honda. We appreciate everybody listening. Hope you hope you download. Hope you leave an iTunes review. We're still doing the iTunes contest. So if you leave an iTunes review between now and the Masters, you could win a two hundred and fifty dollar credit to the Augusta National Pro Shop that me and Pat will be your personal shopper. So don't forget that. That's still going on. And uh, so check that out. So leave us an iTunes review. May your screens be green. See ya! Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.